0: i don't have headphones on i should probably get headphones.
1: oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you should probably <laughs> okay, get headphones sorry, yeah. one minute. i mean worst case we have her laptop mic sure yes but that is not the ideal situation which is why i said last uh, worst case whatever i said all right
2: all right
1: yeah worst case is still workable
2: <laughs> last case
1: last case an ultimate case it's never the last case they always like get the detective out of retirement you know yeah yeah and one more thing
3: lowly podcast playing as a lord i command thee kneel This is episode 189 of Brandon Sheffield's Insert Credit Video Game Discourse Hour, where every week a panel of video game experts, personalities, and interesting people address a series of meticulously curated topics for no more than six minutes each. Should six minutes elapse, the panel will be made aware of this by the sounding of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the most recent non-software video game merchandise I have acquired is an imported Japanese strategy guide for Sakura Tyson Four.
1: Okay, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and let me make sure I understood the prompt. The most uh, recent non-software video game merchandise
3: is yes. that it. That's the, that's the long and short of it.
1: Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna not count work stuff. Um, but I'm gonna have to probably uh, uh. just go for it. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta I gotta go to eBay. Who knows? Giant stack of magazines. That's usually what's coming in. Giant stack of magazines. DSOM
2: <laughs> Okay, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and apparently this week it's my show. That's good news. <laughs> I just learned that, and I guess the most recent non-software video game paraphernalia, whatever merchandise that I bought, um, it would probably be some kind of a. A strategy oh wait no i bought a graphic novel for uh gunhead which was made to promote the the movie but it was also a turbo graphics video game as blazing lasers
3: going to the judges and uh they're allowing it Okay. Uh, we have <laughs> one more guest on the show this week uh joining us is a former journalist for the verge An active cartoonist and creator of Be Everything at Once, Tales of a Cartoonist Lady Person, Dami Lee is on the show.
0: Hello, hi, uh, I'm Dami Lee, and the last uh, video game related item that I bought is a silicone Luigi mold, Um, so that would just be like a food grade safe mold of Luigi's head that I bought to make um, like a lime green jello version of... (laughs) 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 guiji
1: <laughs> <You can make laughs> <laughs> i love it
0: so i tried to make um guiji but I, you know jello it didn't really set very well in this like tiny like little mold that i bought off of etsy um from china so i ended up using it uh, to make like candles and that actually worked out pretty well <laughs> so now i have a luigi shaped candle
1: so now you get to watch luigi melt
0: I made two and um, I promised I would never burn him, but he's kind of just like melting on his own um, just from the heat. So he's like slumped over.
3: (laughs)
2: He's
3: tired. Tired. Taking a snooze. You should embed a little chip in there with a thermometer so anytime it gets too hot, he goes, Mario! (laughs) I should, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the way this show works is that i have a secret grading rubric that i meticulously uh put together while you all give your answers to each of the questions i address and at the end of the show i declare a winner last week's winner was frank safaldi and as his reward (laughs) he got to come up with a question for this week's show oh god um
1: all right uh let's see is it does that mean it's it's my turn to my time to shine here it's your time to shine, Frank. Is this question going to be about magazines? <laughs> no, no. Um, all right. Uh, I think E3 is right now. So what's going on? Because I
3: haven't looked. Yeah, the Summer Games Fest kicked off today.
1: I don't think any of us know. Uh, apparently E3 is right now. Um, got it got been. it. So what's going on?
2: I don't know. Let's make some stuff up because uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody knows what's going on. Actually, one thing that I know is going on. Yeah is that um, there are multiple competing live streams happening. So like Jeff Keighley's Mm -hmm. is happening, and there's an official E3 live stream that's happening. And so probably what's happening is is everyone's confused.
1: I was actually told, I haven't verified this, but I was told that some of the publisher streams are part of both E3 and Jeff Keighley's show at the same time.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. So you have two
1: competing shows that also have the same content sometimes
2: it's like they're in syndication instantly uh, like a tv show
3: <laughs> they announced a director's cut of death stranding where uh, sam porter bridges can sneak around in a cardboard box now oh uh, that's important uh yeah okay. uh <laughs> they finally put a release date on elden ring it's uh, january 2022
2: still don't really know what that is is that some from software imagine
3: thing? a ring but like old
2: Oh, it's old. Is it
0: related to Lord of the Rings or Skyrim? <laughs> uh,
3: it's actually related to Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, okay. In, in that uh, George R. Martin is involved.
0: That was going to be my next guess.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, george R. That george
3: R. The one thing that I know
1: is happening just from a zooming out perspective is digital conferences are a mess.
3: Yeah. They sure are. That's true. I
1: do not <laughs> believe that the pandemic has taught us how to have a digital conference. I think that's one of the things we didn't learn. And so I don't believe that that's one of the things that will change in the world going forward.
2: Yeah, I agree. One, some little uh, insider info here. You know, I plan a one day of the GDC stuff or rather one track, which happens on one day, which is the career seminar. And this year has been the hardest ever to nail people down as speakers and do presentation stuff because without physically being there how exciting is it to do the same amount of work doing a presentation without you know actually getting the benefit of now i'm here with all these luminaries you know
1: right right i mean that that was how gdc paid because gdc doesn't pay so like your payment oh they do pay sometimes they do pay sometimes that's true it was a lottery system last i saw wow Um, i did i did win that lottery and got 500 bucks or something um but the only reason i ever did you know, weeks of labor for GDC talks was because it's what got me to GDC. So I don't know why one would uh, put effort into a talk in exchange for a virtual pass to things (laughs) that will just be on YouTube later. Yeah.
0: Everyone's probably all zoomed out now, too.
1: Yes.
2: They're tired of the zooms. Although one thing that I have actually liked better about digital conferences is um, meetings, taking meetings with publishers. Well, at least in the early days of these digital conferences, it was easier because people hadn't figured it out. And so I could just be like, all right, I'm going to book my meeting with Nintendo. I'm going to book my meeting with Microsoft. And then they would just accept the meeting. And then I would have 20 minutes with them on Zoom. And like, uh, it's a lot harder to do that in real life in a functioning conference. But in in like the weird digital uh, frontier, it was it was actually super easy to get like 10 really productive meetings right in a row. So. I like that part, but that has nothing to do with E3.
1: Actually, I think it does. I think that there is a notion of that on for for the press right now with the, with the E3 thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I think there is like an appointment booking thing with the press where you get a Zoom meeting where they read off the PR bullet points. Yeah, uh,
2: I wonder how that will go because I, I know a lot of people think E3 is pointless, but my last two games that got signed, um, at least one version of them, happened at E3. So for me, it's a it's a real good show for doing
3: like it's an actual professional convention or something
2: for me. Yeah, for me, (laughs) for me, it is one of those. Uh, I I wasn't going to talk about this, but I guess since we're talking about what's going on in E3, the only thing that I that really happened for me was I, I saw the new Metal Slug Tactics trailer and it looks really great. And then I was like on Twitter, it's too bad about SNK because this trailer looks great and apparently nobody realized. SNK's largest shareholder, who is also trying to become a full majority owner, is now Mohammed bin Salman, the Saudi prince who had the journalist dismembered in the Turkish embassy and is committing genocide in Yemen. So that sucks.
1: I mean, well i mean yes on, on the one hand yeah but on the other hand uh, according to ea and dice there's no politics in video games so right true. so
2: we okay.
3: have nothing to worry about
2: so yeah. we're safe <laughs> uh, because there's no politics but yeah it's it's it sucks because like i spent literally 20 years building up a relationship with snk and then uh uh this guy can come along and buy it and now i can't work with them anymore for ethical reasons which sucks sometimes people are like you know snk was always had some sketchy ownership but money laundering or yakuza connections are pretty different from direct murders
3: i would say all right let's move on to a different part of the world Uh, (laughs) i'd like to know more about the korean video game industry How is that different from other parts of the industry? Oh yeah,
0: is that a question for me? Because me too. Yeah, I mean, I genuinely don't know. Um, I've only kind of known it from like the mobile gaming standpoint. I used to work as like a writer slash like localization person, and I worked on this game called Summoners War, um, which did pretty well. um, And all I did was kind of just like. Um, translate the dialogue and like the ui and like that sort of stuff i don't really know like all i really know about like if i were to summarize korean video games is that like people would just really love to grind (laughs) i don't really understand it but people love spending money on video games (laughs) like in-game items and stuff
2: so the korean game industry is very uh free-to-play oriented and it's interesting to me because so for a long time like starting in 2004-2005 korea really moved over to the free-to-play business model with companies like uh nexon doing cart Rider and things like that and so it, at that point it was like all of the pc bongs where people were playing games and buying items and it was like a there was never never really a big game console industry in korea there was some some but it wasn't huge and the PC culture became very large and the things like customization and buying boost items and stuff that became the business model and Korea was pretty much in control of that entirely for a lot of years. And then I felt I feel like Korea was at the at the top of that game for so long, but then I think China kind of took over because if, for me it was really telling that Genshin Impact which is this action RPG, console quality game that uh, has really taken over, um, you know, it, console and mobile, that this was a, a Chinese game and not a Korean game. What, that, that was really striking to me because it's like, I don't know, did Korea get too complacent? Is
3: Genshin Impact a really grindy game?
2: It's not too grindy until you hit a certain wall. And that and that is. But yeah, it's, it's true. Like Dami said, that a lot of the Korean free-to-play games are like, that you know you can either buy stuff or you can grind to to make money and buy the same thing with with in-game cash and uh a lot of those games are designed around that grind as pretty where did
3: that all get started
2: uh, i think it primarily got started with the popularity of the pc bong culture where you would go into a pc cafe and and that's where where you would play games because you didn't have a high-end enough machine at home?
0: Oh, yeah. pc Bond culture is so, like, ingrained in society, basically, where kids would go there after their, like, cram schools and stuff and just, like, go to hang out with friends. But it used to kind of be a place where my parents would be like, oh, don't go to these places because, uh, like, people just go and, like, smoke and it's all, like, gross in there. But they have really just become, like, these really nice places to hang out, um, even, like, to go on a date and stuff like I went to one like two years ago like with my mom because it was her idea and she was like I want to go and order like jjajangmyeon there and I was like okay so then go and then like we went to this really nice one in like Gangnam that was like on tv because like a celebrity went there and you just go and you sit and they have the whole menu like on the screen and you can just like order like these really nice meals like on the screen and they'll just like bring it over to you and then i noticed they have these like love seat booths where couples can just go and like hang out for the day and yeah just like be- it's just become like a ingrained as like a part of society although i do think probably they have struggled like through the pandemic
2: it's almost an analog to how arcade culture was in japan because it was like viewed as seedy and stuff but then it now they're like efforts to preserve it and, and Things, but I think PC bang culture has gotten way fancier than arcade culture mm-hmm. ever was.
0: I mean, arcade. I think they still allow smoking in arcades.
2: Yeah, and with uh, PC bong stuff, I think that um, I-, I was told by Min Kim from uh, Nexon America back in the old days that a lot of it was because you know people didn't have credit cards or uh, didn't have enough money to pay for a full package game, but they could buy like uh. point cards with cash so like point cards were a huge business in the early days so the whole whole like free-to-play cottage industry built up around pc bonks and then as Uh. smartphones came to be then it was like okay yeah this is where we'll do it because everybody has one of these
3: that does make sense all right this next question is sort of a reverse family feud in that i have three hidden answers to it and your goal is to avoid them the (laughs) question is what are the biggest headaches in the world of video game translation and localization
1: well i mean i don't i don't do that myself but um i have read two books about uh video game localization the more than most people the two um legends of localization books by clyde mandolin and i believe the hardest thing is uh is puns so
3: there you go puns are okay that's not on my list you got okay. it
0: okay i'm pretty sure this is probably not on your list but when we used to translate stuff it's usually like on a Google doc or like an excel file sheet and if like one of the the developers decides like an item name should be changed or something um, something that we probably shouldn't have done is do like control f to like find all the instances of when that item has been in the game and um, sometimes what happens is like the <laughs> you only end up replacing like, that specific word and then like if that word happens to be part of another word. do you guys don't know what I'm talking about, yes, like I can't think of an example. Yeah. yeah, like if I had to replace the word day with like night or something and then there was the word like Thursday somewhere else. Game that word night. ends up becoming Thursday. night It's like makes no sense. And so All right. that's that's, really that's nice. a headache.
3: <laughs> Point to Dami, Brandon, your turn. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh okay, um man, this one's probably in there, but uh character count is a big one headache for me because, for example, when translating Samurai Shodown 5, perfect. I mean, they have kanji and stuff, and so they wind up saying a lot more with fewer characters. And so in that game, I estimate we had roughly a quarter of the space in which to say the same thing. So in in the original game, you have people speaking with unique dialects and having their own personal ways of speaking and, and inflection and whatever. And in English, they just had to be it had to be like, here's a sentence that communicates what's happening. And that was it.
3: You're in luck. I almost put character count on there, but I decided not to at the last minute. So you're good. Frank,
1: Um, I'm realizing I have worked on localizing something just not officially, uh, which was a a patch for the original fantasy star to retranslate it. And uh, the issue that I ran into more than anything, probably not on your list because this hasn't been true in decades uh was we kept running out of memory so there you go uh, i will definitely allow
3: that uh domi i
0: have to do more
3: <laughs> yeah you gotta come okay. oh
0: okay okay uh wait i wasn't thinking <laughs> head empty uh wait let me think i wish i could have said character count um
3: <laughs> you can pass can
0: you yeah okay Wait. pass
3: all right oh, brandon no. you're up again
2: Uh-oh. uh um okay i don't know this is a weird one but it's like when you're translating into multiple languages simultaneously and you know each language is of course being done by a different person and they all have different comprehension levels of your original english Um, so this is when translating out of english into other languages and so then you wind up with like some literal stuff this is an example not from a game localization but there was a GDC asked me to check over some AI, like, translation captioning service that they were trying to use. And uh, I checked it in Japanese, and I was like, this is pretty weird. And then I checked it in Spanish, and I was like, oh, man, this is even weirder. And it turned out that, that at a slower pace, when someone spoke slower, like Chris Graft, for example, does, friend of the show, uh, it would translate each word individually. But when they would speak quickly, it would actually do a better job. And so he was like, hello, my name is Chris Graft. <laughs> and so they translated his name as Chris Inherto. And gra- that's like, Injerto <laughs> is the political form of graft, like when you're <laughs> skimming off the top. Wow. Um, and an- another really good one <laughs> was the people he was interviewing were like, you have no idea how much we miss GDC. And they, t- they translated it as senorita gdc
3: <laughs> miss GDC. Yeah, that, that's when you put a bow and a beauty mark on GDC. <laughs> it's, yeah
2: it's, it, oh god it was so
3: good <laughs> all right we got time for one more from somebody okay, just jump in I there
2: to, you got one
0: okay no this is a bummer but um when i worked at the korean <laughs> game studio they had this game that was like a dating sim basically and it was just super misogynistic and so i I think I try to take a lot of, like, the casual sexism and misogyny and, like, not make it that way so much in English. Right. Um, so that's, yeah,
2: that's
3: a the way. Congratulations, you all got two in and didn't trip any of my mind. Uh, the minds were specific cultural references, oh, nice. idioms, and rhyming. Oh, yeah. Um, Those
2: are all good ones.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, you all win that one. Excellent. Uh, next question. What is the ugliest video game hardware you've ever seen? Oh, like all of them, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, the PS
2: Five is close. I have to say, yes. does look like
0: a big um, humidifier.
2: Yeah, a humidifier or like a Dracula without a head.
1: Oh, it should, it should have like a, a fan like rotation thing. It should just do that for some reason. Yeah, it should oscillate. That was the word. It should it should have an oscillation yeah. function. Someone's gonna build that. Cake. You know, in
2: um in cartoons when someone someone squeezes a banana, and the banana splooshes out, and, and then the peel goes all, like, out to the side. That's that's what the PS5 looks like also. Like, someone's squeezing it and splooshed a banana out.
3: Okay, so we need a yellow case mod that oscillates at this point.
1: No, ye- yellow <laughs> yeah. consoles look cool. I don't know. Okay, what else is ugly? The 3DO. Really? Kind of I think rough. that's one of the least offensive. I, it's not offensive, it's
2: just, like, yeah, I guess it's not so bad. I'm just, It's just in my eyesight.
1: I don't know, like, the master system is pretty gross. Depends
2: on the version i think all the yeah, just I just mean, the I guess master through. there's
1: only one that's called the master system brandon unless it's master system 2 i guess it's just like a little pyramid i don't know i think, I think it's okay the tech toy zeebo i think the nes is ugly yeah the zeebo is eh, it, it, it's at least kind of smooth <laughs> yeah it's smooth no, it's
2: true you, you can kind of you can caress it in a fun way all right oh here's a good one the jaguar cd which looks like a toilet yeah have you all
1: seen that I don't know. I really think they're all ugly. I think like the original Xbox, you know, the the size aside is
3: just kind of gross looking. I buy that. Has there never been a well-designed console?
1: I think there's some good ones. For me, no. I don't want to see anything. I just want video games to exist on my TV. Yeah. Um, so having like this electronic component, it's like I'm not in the 80s anymore. I don't well, want Well, you're going to
3: change your mind when you see this that i just dropped into chat this is the telstar arcade
2: yeah it's got everything
3: <laughs> yes it's got everything you can possibly want. yeah it's all in there
0: it's illuminati right here.
3: yeah <laughs> that's right it's the gene kelly of video games
2: i like the di- divers dreamcast i think that's an attractive mm-hmm. video game console
3: different question
2: well but jaffe was saying
3: yeah we're talking about
1: are there those. no good ones all right, fine. so i
2: was just trying to and you said no.
0: I never had a GameCube, but I do appreciate the fact that it has a handle.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've always been a champion of the handle and, you on know, this show. It's
0: a perfect cube, right? So it's like, easy to store.
3: Well, it's
2: it's only a perfect cube when you put the Game Boy Player underneath it. Otherwise, it's slightly shorter than it is wide.
3: Oh, darn. Uh, do you think they did that on purpose so that like people who are obsessed with it being a cube would get that peripheral? I do
2: think that. I suspected that from the start. Yeah. Um I hope everyone has now Dummy, have you seen the this uh, Jaguar CD that looks like a, a toilet bowl? It
3: does oh, yeah, look yeah. like a toilet. Definitely does. Yeah,
2: yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I think that's a hot contender for number one. Toilets are okay.
3: It's the most likely piece of video game hardware to drop a dookie in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so on uh, that metric alone we might have a winner.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I actually think the PS5 might be the winner.
2: <laughs> yeah, PS5 like, is... Uh... I,
1: am, I am Googling all I can, and nothing is worse than the PS5 to me. Wow. Dami, do you all have one in there yet? A PS5? Yeah.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Just the PS4.
2: Neither do the rest of us. No, yeah. nobody has yeah. a PS5. It's, uh, I guess it's hard to get. We're not
1: that fancy over here. No. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty ugly.
0: Yeah, but it was that was
2: just like a cube with a rounded corner. It's okay. But I like that they did that where it's like, okay, this is a cube, but one corner is round, so you can knock it over more easily.
3: <laughs> I like the Ouya controller.
1: You like it? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, you've 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 not touched one then. That's true. Yeah, I haven't touched it. I've only seen it. Uh, <laughs> Brandon might not like this, but the uh the super graphics is a is a hideous console.
2: You know, it is hideous. I like okay. it. I like that it's hideous, but it's it's so the reason that I like it is because I love 90s movies where they were like, we need to make a console for this spaceship. What scrap do we have? Can we find in the junkyard? To me, the super graphics look so much like that, that I find it charming. Like it it looks like somebody just put it together out of whatever they had lying around. But that doesn't mean it's attractive looking. It is ugly.
3: Well, Brandon specifically asked me to. uh... Put together a question about eggs. So here's oh. my egg question: uh, What <laughs> video game eggs would make the best omelets?
1: Oh, Dizzy for sure. Dizzy, yeah. Crack that boy open, see what's inside. Maybe. I'm eating Dizzy. Yeah. Let's eat Dizzy. Yeah.
0: I'm looking up what that is.
3: Dizzy the egg.
0: Oh, okay. He's
3: a little guy. He's got a little safari hat. So, like, by eating him, you're fighting colonialism. You dizzy. <laughs> yeah. He's British. I don't know.
1: Oh, I probably become British. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Are we working on Kirby rules? What are Kirby rules? Where you become whatever you eat. Oh, sure. Yeah, I could become just a, a an adventurer that likes to pick things up and put things down. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In the world of video games, do all eggs canonically come from Kirby's butt? Is that what's happening?
3: uh yoshi yoshi, I saw yoshi the, uh, my exactly. brain. <laughs> yeah i would not want to eat a yoshi egg because as far as i know there could be a bomb in there
1: that's true you know i gotta take back my answer because um it has not been established whether dizzy is fertilized
3: that's true it makes a big difference i don't think that's ever been brought up in canon no that's too much of a mystery
1: i'm gonna have to take that back
3: although i am seeing here a box art uh advertising dizzy's 30th anniversary For 2017, you would think that if he were fertilized, he would have hatched by now. Well, you don't know his species. That's very presumptuous. I can't think of any species with an over 30-year gestation period. Yeah, on this planet.
0: About like ostriches, probably not 30 years.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> probably or even not like 30. something
0: big. <laughs> <laughs> the only other egg, video game egg I know that's not Yoshi is like the Neopets Negs. I don't know if you guys ever played the games on neopets.com, but Mirka Chase was a really good um, snake ripoff where instead of like the snake getting longer, you just acquire more and more eggs or Negs, sorry. And they just come in a whole bunch of varieties. Like you got your rainbow negs and like the happy neg.
3: (laughs) I hear that's a great way to pick up women.
2: (laughs) Radicalized a generation of young men to read that terrible the game book or whatever. Yeah, I don't think Neopets was aware of the concept of negging when they created negs. Neopets is such a uh, dangerously underexplored topic on this podcast. I have to say,
1: yeah,
0: that's surprising. Well,
1: none of us have experience with it. Uh, none of us regs. I think
0: it's actually like uh, very popular with like young girls, and it actually got a lot of them into coding because like everybody was obsessed with um, like using HTML to make over their guild pages, and that's that's where I learned HTML <laughs>
2: through Neopets. Someone was recently making a good. Twitter choke where they were like, guys keep trying to explain NFTs to me. And I'm like, I already played Neopets. I understand the concept <laughs> of <laughs> pretending to own a virtual.
3: That might be our answer then. The Neopets eggs, which we yep. are uh, rebranding now as Neo eggs.
2: Dummy, when your Neopet could get a Neopet pet, was the Neo mm-hmm. egg smaller? I that don't. It would hatch out of?
0: They don't hatch out of oh, they don't? eggs. Uh, no, they just appear. No, no, no. You have to go to the pound and adopt them.
2: That's right. Oh, man. See, I'm showing my ignorance here.
0: But now they have pets for your pet pets called pet pet pets. Of
2: oh, <laughs> Yeah. Pets all the way down.
0: Never ends.
3: Yep. So do they just introduce a new rung of that every 10 years?
0: I don't know. I actually, I was banned from the website for some reason. So oh, I'm not man. Not really sure Let's get into why. This. I was trying to log back in and I just, I couldn't because I got permanently banned and I have no idea why. What is so you It's do? weird because I, I don't know. I mean, I I actually ended up going to the Neopets party at San Diego Comic-Con 2 years ago, which was like really recent for Neopets. Um, but they've been bought by JumpStart, which is like this educational game company. All right. And they were trying to make a comeback in the form of like mobile games, so they have like a new puzzle game out, and they I think they're also trying to say they're trying to put neopets like on mobile but that feels like 20 years too late
2: yeah i would say so wasn't i think there was a neopets ds game too uh but it was sort of unrelated neopets puzzle adventure yeah there it is Mm -hmm. it's it's like a puzzle and dragons Mm. neopets or something oh maybe it's not puzzle and dragons but uh yeah neopets puzzle adventure that that was another attempt that they made oh that came out on wii too oh look at that well, you should have asked somebody why you were banned, because I'm I'm incredibly curious.
3: I didn't want to ruin the vibes. <laughs> yeah,
2: they probably, Neopets probably doesn't want to advocate for doing everything at once.
3: That's, yeah, that's fans I mean. of the show will remember I got banned from YouTube in 2006 for trying to upload a Malcolm in the Middle clip, <laughs> and I remain locked out of YouTube.
0: That's crazy.
3: Uh, we'll be right back after a short break.
2: Frank, what's this bizarre? super graphics like console that you just put down here frank
1: you alive well i guess frank's gone i'm gonna get some more. <laughs> <laughs> bye frank are we on break here we are okay i missed the announcement we were on break okay. okay so i came back and it was silent i was like what did i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah stop the show frank didn't respond
3: i was like we lost frank welcome back to insert credit it's time for the dirt bag every single week We select a question submitted to us by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash insert credit, where you can subscribe at any level to ask a question of us, get access to the regular episodes one day early. One day early. One day early, and even exclusive bonus content you can't find anywhere else. Uh, This week's question comes from listener Corey, who asks, How would you best define the word gear? as it pertains to titles of Japanese video games. For instance, Metal Gear, Guilty Gear, and Xenogears.
1: Oh, so we have to figure out what they're... What they meant.
3: (laughs) Yeah, what does gear mean across all video games with gear in the Mm, title?
2: Yeah, so Guilty Gear is definitely, like, that's a thing. Like, there's a a gear, and, and there are gears in the UI and stuff. So, like, Guilty Gear is... Part of a larger mach- machinery of sin, or something like that. Okay. But uh, Metal Gear, like that, that could be something you wear. Like you could put on Metal Gear.
1: Metal Gear is the name of the the mech that that shoots nukes. But oh, that's right. So that is the that is a name in the universe. Um, but why does it have that name?
2: Yeah, and I guess Xenogears is similarly. It's got big robots in it. Sure. So is the 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 easy answer could be they like big robots Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's not very
0: interesting there's a possibility that it means a completely different thing that uh we might think it means um in english just because um i think this happens a lot with like korean where uh i noticed recently that the word tension does not necessarily mean tension but it means like energy like if you say like oh like the tension's really high it means like well that person has a lot of energy so maybe that could be the same thing for a year. It could just mean like a different word that we're not thinking of.
2: Oh yeah. Like how in Korea, everything is a story. Every business is, is a story now.
0: <laughs> like yeah. A coffee shop is like bean story. Actually, bean. I live, I live next to a grocery store here called food story in Brooklyn. So, I mean, I mean it could actually be owned by Koreans. I'm not, I think it might be.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, that explains the business where I buy all my stalactites. Okay, I'm trying, to, cave I'm trying to
2: figure this out. Oh, Cave Story. Okay, it's right. a video game. I couldn't get there, Jackie. <laughs> that one was too far. Yeah, all right. I would like to postulate that all of these gears are part of one large machine of video games. All these are, gears are required to keep the machinery of the video game industry running.
3: Are we gears in this machine? Uh, no, we're credits. We are inserted into the machine.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. We're credits inserted into the machine, and the, the gears... Uh, process us what would be the video game gears that need to be kept running i guess uh development studios
3: sega for the game gear
2: that's right that's right N- now in that case of gear i'm pretty sure it's it's meant like kit like a thing that you hold and keep think or maybe again it's machinery i don't know i'm uh the more i think about one word the less i understand
3: any words well there's gears of war that's multiple gears coming from one game mm-hmm and one war as well well you need a little bit of war in there if you're creating a grand video game machine
2: yeah i guess uh i guess i guess that's what i got a uh, meta discussion about video games we know from gaming.
3: xeno gears that after gears you get saga and after saga mm. you get blade so is that anything oh well then you get sonya blade that's right? true
1: mm-hmm. that is true you do
2: get sonya blade from there you get You get Um, Sony Blade
3: because you can't spell Sonya Blade without Sony. Blade,
2: who's the vampire hunter and Sony. Yeah. Yeah. So you get Sony and Blade, the vampire hunter. Sure. Which leads you to Chalk on the Forever Man, uh, which is back to Sega.
3: I was thinking that Sony leads you to Mark Cerny.
2: He works at Sony. So I don't know if it leads us to him or if that's a lateral move.
3: Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a loop there, which means we got to explore this Blade tangent.
2: With Mark Cerny, you get to uh, the video game Knack and Knack is full of gears.
3: That's true. Blade is played by Wesley Snipes. That gives us Sniper Elite. Um, Elite Beat Dangerous. (laughs) Elite Beat Dangerous? Whoa, was there a sequel (laughs) I missed?
2: Yeah, Elite Beat Dangerous. And uh, Wesley Snipes is in Demolition Man, which is on the Sega CD, which leads us back to Sega. That's something. I think we're getting there.
3: Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're building something here. More, more Sega's good. Yeah, we're going, we're going. This
2: is this is how Q works. I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah, so that's
1: basically it. Yeah, so it's Q and On. We, we got it. We got it. All
3: right. Okay. In conclusion, I think gear is just kind of shorthand for hardware. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Maybe.
2: It might, I think it's shorthand for robots.
3: Yeah, gears are just robots. Which two video game industry figures have never worked together? but really should have?
2: Uh, me and someone really cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Almost none of them famous ones have worked together. Right. Yeah. I don't know what collaborating on a game looks like unless it's like artist and sound, you know, or like designer artist, something like that.
2: No, I think there's, what's his name, who who writes the Dragon Quest games. Sure. Um, so I think a writer and a, and a visual artist is a good combo. Or... A game designer and another and a visual artist or or something like that. So we could get George R R Martin to work Mm -hmm. on a video game and call it. Oh, that would be
1: interesting. Yeah, Mm, like that.
2: But yeah, who who would be good? Goichi Suda has actually been pretty a pretty good like guest character. Like if if he if he writes a chapter of somebody's video game or something, then it it does wind up kind of interesting.
3: We talk a lot about who we don't like. Who do we do like?
1: Brandon, I feel like you're going to be the most capable of this because you have like specific artists and musicians that you like
2: yeah it's true um i guess this i guess this one's up to me uh
3: yeah it's up to you to make the match
2: yeah i gotta i, I gotta make it all happen and i gotta get rid of the ones that are like have done bad things in the last few years oh boy which is also a challenge because mm. I, I was think i was about to be like the whole vibe of jet set radio but what if Miyamoto designed it instead. Uh, did the game design, that's, which would be great. Splatoon. Except, uh, except Naganuma, the musician guy, is like propositioning nudes from his underage fans or whatever. Oh so.
0: god, I was afraid you were going to say Miyamoto did something. Oh bad. no!
2: <laughs> never. Miyamoto's okay. He he better stay that way too. Yeah. To die pure, or else,
1: or else we're going to
3: have to just we're going to have to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. it's no. yeah, the only way that's that's what's gonna happen if it comes out yeah well we'll all have to book the flight there get some really sweet katana swords and we'll fight our way up all the floors the nintendo building yeah
2: i think frank was saying a preemptive strike
3: oh uh to make sure he dies pure we got to go for it right now yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah all right well if we have to become the villains in this story to preserve miyamoto's legacy i guess that's not the worst thing we could do. It's really the only yeah. way.
2: OK, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think who would be good. I think um, I would like to have Alexey Pagetnov designing the mini games of whatever this game is, because he's really good at coming up with some weird puzzle thing, because Tetris um, and Hexic and Hattress are all and
3: Hattress. Yeah.
2: Kind of interesting in their own specific
1: odd ways. Yeah. But hasn't he also done like 30 games of Microsoft that you can't name?
2: Yes, but that's why he's doing the minigames.
1: Mm. So he's doing like that the hacking part,
2: yeah, the hacking part, or like you gotta put these pipes together or or like you know ro- rotate the crates over to the right zone. so he's he's in charge of that.
3: The hacking parts of like near automata, uh, then the next game in the near franchise, you just get Pajitnov to do those parts.
2: That's right. That's good. And then we got um Hirokazu Yasuhara doing the maps. so he's the Sonic one through three. And Sonic mm-hmm. R, um, map designer also went first Uncharted, so we got him doing maps. Um, the game is designed in general by Miyamoto because okay. uh, he. Ha- I don't think he's gotten to lead design on a game in a while, so that would be good. And now we need a visual style, and that's where I'm. I'm not sure. I don't have a full pure vision for this game. Oh, uh, I want um Masaya Matsura to come back and do the music. Um, he hasn't done. Actual music and games for a while, so maybe he can get his band size back together. Since this is my fantasy world anyway, right?
3: Maybe this is the big open world Parappa game we've always wanted. Yes, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. for open world Parappa. You gotta like the, in the driving section, you're constantly just like tap and turn and signal to the left and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is it. I'm on board. I'm on board with it. I I just don't Got have it. a visual style unless we just because. Parappa, I already put Matsura in there, which means it can't be can't look like Rodney Greenblatt, so right because they have because they work together already. Well, mm-hmm. I guess Matsura doesn't have to do the music; <laughs> <laughs> he can just he can just be out, and we can find like get Yuzo Koshiro
3: to do it or something. Yeah, why not? Took that one right back. Wow. Yeah. Okay, All right. we've got our game here. I think this is going to be the big game of twenty twenty. Never. Uh, here is our next question. Imagine for a moment that it's the nineteen nineties and you're designing your own console clone of the Sega Master System. What do you call it, where do you market it, and what are its defining features?
1: Okay, um,
3: so it's a clone
1: of the Master System in the 90s, so it is, at this point, pretty old. Um, So we have to enter a market that does not actually have support from the actual console makers. So um, maybe like a Russia or even a Korea
2: yeah, dummy. You've you played the uh, the Game Boy
0: back? Yeah, late. I feel like this question was specifically <laughs> made for me because uh, we did have a Samsung Game Boy. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's spelled that way, it's like G A M B O Y, but in Korean, it's Game Boy. Game Boy
3: was taken.
0: Is that why? And then um, it also went by the other name Aladdin Boy.
3: Ooh, Aladdin
0: um, not Boy. exactly sure why.
3: That's fancy. Did it play Aladdin?
0: No. Uh, <laughs> Probably, like, uh, Prince of Persia, maybe?
3: Maybe they were dr- trying to play off of Game Genie?
0: Oh, that you know what? That sounds right.
3: Mystery solved. I think it was so, just a really popular movie, so it was a good name. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a little later, it would have been Lion King, boy.
2: Also, isn't Aladdin, um, like, rights-free? Like, isn't it...
3: Yeah, it's yes. from 1001 Arabian Nights.
2: Yeah. It's extremely so old. That could be another reason.
0: Okay, so I'm reading this Wikipedia page, and it says they got the name from... The educational computer brand that Samsung had that was called Aladdin in oh, 1992. Wow.
2: They so. were just trying to like shift their brand over to the side.
0: Yeah, so the Super Game Boy became Super Aladdin Boy.
1: So have we have we decided that our Master System clone is in Korea? Yeah,
0: let's
3: do it. Yeah, I think, there's a I think the Aladdin Boy is our competitor. So we got to find an edge over them. Okay. I mean, didn't
2: didn't we buy a Game Boy in in Korea that one time, or did we just buy a collection yes. of them that went on, that played on the Mega Drive? What do we do? I
0: think both. Okay.
2: Right? Good. Yeah, because yeah. we knew, we were looking for a penguin game.
0: That's right. Did we play the penguin game or did I just uh, watch YouTube we, videos of it and we, think that we played? I played it. We
2: played the penguin game. I think we found it um, in a collection of. Mm. This was this was the game that Dami played as a youth the most apparently, and it was right. it was impossible.
0: The soundtrack was just so nostalgic, so cute.
2: The best thing about it was that we were trying to play it, and it was impossible. And so then uh, we handed the controller over to Dami, who was very, very good at it.
0: <laughs> I probably hadn't played it in, like, 20 years.
2: Yeah, that muscle memory was still in there. Okay, so I think that we so should... We, we
1: have a master system clone. We are pirating software, I believe. Yeah, we're
2: putting that Penguin game in there. What if we themed it around
1: uh, the we, we, game? we can probably retheme the games, right? Like, we can do some, some ROM hacks um, to appeal... Nice to our local audience we could uh we could put aladdin into uh wonder boy 2 maybe
2: Dummy, what are what are some good 90s korean cartoon or kid thing references that we should be hacking into this software or possibly stealing as our mascot
0: okay so korean animation there's not it's not very developed but um we
1: got dinosaur dually
0: that's right i said i was gonna bring up yeah. so i was gonna say like there's not that many korean cartoons that i watched growing up except Tully. And uh, he's a little green dinosaur. Uh, He's got a banging theme song.
1: Oh, and you know what? There actually is already uh, a dually game for the Master System. Oh, we're in business. So we got this. Okay, so he's our mascot. Look it up if you've never seen it, because it's hilarious, because the entire soundtrack is uh, American 90s alternative hits through the Master System. The title screen is the Master System playing Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's incredible. (laughs) No way.
2: Yeah. Uh, is, is Dooley a, a boy dinosaur or a girl dinosaur or a, or a neither?
0: I think he's a boy.
2: Okay. I thought so too, but I don't know where I got that impression from. Okay. So we got our mascot and now we need like a, I don't know, some cool visual styling. So it should be like a, like a race car or a spaceship or something.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Either one of those. Uh, I'm going, I'm thinking spaceship and the cockpit is where the little cartridges go in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you can like flip the car, the cockpit Oh, that's cute. Up. And you push the cartridge in, and then you slap the the cockpit back down again. And we call it the
3: blast off.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: Dooley's blast off.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think we cracked this. Congratulations all around. Here is my next question: Is there such a thing as a good web comic about video games? No. <laughs> you would think somebody would have made one in the last twenty years.
2: Although I have a great idea for one. If anybody out there wants to wants to do this thing with me it's a terrible idea Um, I have this idea where every um every comic is yeah. just it's leading to a terrible pun about yeah. a video game name so mm-hmm. like for example there's like a bunch of teens and they're all showing off these purses that they have really conspicuously across three frames and and, and they're doing it like in the mall and people are like okay we get it you have a purse it's the, whatever and then the final frame it says uh, purse owner five it's
0: ah, five of them. I will make that with you.
3: <laughs> Brandon, you have told this exact story on the podcast before, and I was going to disqualify you oh, that's right. from winning the episode, but you did present a different strip concept than the last time. So you're still in the running.
2: Yeah. I think the last time I, I mentioned, um, player unknown's coffee Grounds.
3: Yes. That was the one last time. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll, I'll make that with you too. Hey, <laughs> along with what Really? First, what was that first
3: owner of five? Yeah. L- look at you, Brandon. It's not even E3 and you're still making connections.
0: <laughs> I know. Right. Well, we used to have a comic together right. Uh, right. called Hot Comics for Cool People. Um I do I think the website actually expired, but it used to be called hotcomics.biz, which was just the best website yeah. URL. But yeah, like we we've been on hiatus for many years now.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, if you want to get back into it. I'm That's ready. the one where they
3: cry about how good dogs are, right?
2: Yeah. That was our big hit. Yeah.
3: That was the big one.
2: That was a comic that got us Tumblr top comic of 2015 or whatever year it was. Yeah. Congratulations.
0: like the biggest honor. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was pretty good. We also
0: did the No Girlfriend comics, which also a highlight of my career.
2: Yeah. That was a good one, but led multiple people to be confused and think that we had had a romantic relationship in the past. Oh. Which was very odd because it's like why would
0: right it doesn't make sense. why would
2: you be doing doing the art for the comment comic about me breaking up with somebody
0: i mean i guess that happens though like people uh collaborate with exes a lot
2: yeah i guess so well you yeah. heard it here it. that's not what happened
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're creating the first good well quotations good video game yeah yeah comic. this
2: one is going to actually be terrible but um
3: <laughs> but it's supposed to be and therefore yeah. A success. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it intended to be good.
2: The the intention is for every time you get like you're always anticipating the last panel and when you get there you're like damn it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> do you have a title? Uh
2: you know I don't. Could call it insert credit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> God. You know the people who listen to this show do love making puns out of video game names. So uh it is on brand. Yeah. Maybe insert comic? Oh yeah. Insert comic. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Insert comic. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, I guess the collaboration it. is paying off already. Yep. But other than that, I think
2: every other video game comic is like it's either like it's some kind of meta narrative thing or it's two white dudes being really um angry about stuff or it's uh someone trying to prove that they know stuff. I don't know, it's it's all like I feel like the video game webcomic like genre is is very reliant on on white fragility
1: yes. as its core like construct that's what it seems like to me is that still true or is this like as of the last time you looked 15 years ago
2: well it's i think there've been a lot of better ones recently um and i but i think the best comics that deal with video games just aren't video game comic web mm. comics like mm-hmm. they they sometimes Nancy the new Nancy does video game stuff and that's funny um but most of the ones that are dedicated video game things are, are, are kind of rough. That, that one that has the guy with the kind of like the, the goatee and the pompadour, that, um, that one's actually pretty okay. Do You know what I'm talking about?
3: No. Is that too vague? Maybe Esper will. And they'll put it in the show notes. Esper's going <laughs> to That's a challenge.
2: They'll, they'll figure it out.
3: They'll figure it out. Uh, here's my blank video games question for the week. Who okay. is the Nathan Fielder of video games? Who's the Who
1: Nathan that? Fielder of the planet Earth?
3: Yeah. Uh he starred in the uh program Nathan for You, a kind of surrealist comedy where he would give businesses intentionally terrible uh business plans. And uh I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like he like in the first episode, he tried to drum up business for an ice cream place by marketing uh poop flavored ice cream as like a publicity stunt. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: So if we were to I don't think I don't know if there's anybody like that that is like ironic, but right. We we could get into like the acclaimed marketing team buying a tombstone or whatever kind of thing, and maybe okay. It's something so like... he's
1: someone who intentionally does bad marketing for companies. Yeah,
3: his idea for a rebate program was to put the mailbox where you could apply to the rebate on the top of a mountain, so you had to go up there to mail in your rebate. Pretty good. My answer is the 1990s.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, they were yeah. just still figuring it out yeah
2: they were they were chock full of bad ideas at that time um yeah you had the name your child turok campaign
1: mm-hmm.
2: um there was the, the a uh, claim. another
1: one from a claim was like we'll pay your speeding tickets i think that was a claim
2: wow might as well have been
1: sure uh the existence of bmx XXX, uh i'm sure was designed by marketing
2: Oh, I have another angle on this, which is it could be like Bennett Foddy, who is like
1: Mm, mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. like meta style, making fun of the entirety of video games by making video games that people actually do enjoy playing. But Witcher, it's like they're supposed to be frustrating and that's what's fun about them. Um, So I feel like he's maybe a good.
3: Yeah, that's
1: a good example. I was trying to think more in terms of game creators myself, but I think you nailed it. I don't think I can get better than that. B.F.
3: Like, one of the best Nathan Fielder stunts was when he took advantage of parody law to name a coffee shop Dumb Starbucks.
2: (laughs) I remember that, actually. And it it was, like, just with paper, the sign and stuff. Yeah, I I did actually see that. I guess that was one thing I was aware of. Dami, did you know who Nathan for you was?
0: Uh, No, I'm a big fan. Um, I think, like, the comedy of that show comes from, like, the people that he... Um, it's not really pranking, but, like, the people who kind of wind up getting sucked into his, like, schemes and stuff. And then it ends up being that, like, they're, like, even crazier than he is. And, uh, like, at the end, you get, like, this surprisingly heartfelt, um, like, result. And, uh, yeah, I think Bennett Foddy is probably, like, a really good one.
2: Yeah, although what you're saying there with the the people that he pranks or works with being wind up winding up being more interesting that almost makes me think of like i don't know an mmo or some other emergent style thing where the things that the players do are more oh, almost yeah. more interesting like i believe this was neopets again actually where somebody was <laughs> writing about how they they had like a a whole scam going where they were selling items and they were in some sort of web ring thing and they were they would like take over people's accounts and then sell all their items off
3: and stuff
2: i guess that's the dark side of it but
3: i used to know people in middle school who did that for habbo hotel yeah maybe it was habbo people
0: are probably in prison now
3: yeah they're probably in jail forever (laughs) um one of them runs a very successful latin american company
2: you know it, it it wouldn't surprise me that people that were that had figured out that they could scan people for business in middle school will now be running six companies. Like to oh, me, yeah. that that seems like a straight through shot.
3: It absolutely does. Yeah.
2: Well, Bennett Foddy and um, NeoPets slash Haba Hotel scammers.
3: Blam dunk! <laughs> it's time for us to go on to our lightning round. We're going to be playing name design, one of our favorite games here on the show. Uh, I'm going to name something, and you have to design a game based on the title alone. This week. All of the names will be taken from the filmography of Dame Judy Dench. Nice. Are you ready? Does it matter? No. Your first game is... The Third Secret.
2: Oh man, all all I could think of was a shell game where you
1: have to find where the ball is under a shell.
3: Three shells, it's so stupid. Let's
1: get something better than that, please. I mean, I think it's just, it's one of those cell phone games where you make choices and...
0: Maybe it's like a dating simulator, but it's like a Gossip Girl-related game.
1: Um... Yeah, no, that's good. (laughs) Okay,
2: so yeah. That's good. It's it's a, a, a dating sim and you have to find out You you know one of their secrets and the second secret comes out through conversation, you have to figure out what their third secret is to decide if you want to date them.
1: Or you have to you have to figure out all three of their secrets for them to date you. It is a test.
2: Yeah, that works.
3: (laughs) He who rides a tiger. Oh, Uh, this is a side scrolling
2: uh, platformer where it's like Wonder Boy, but you're on a tiger.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: that's absolutely it. Yeah. That's that's got to be it. You can jump
1: off of it like you do Yoshi in Super Mario World. Um, but he also, the tiger also is. Uh, he's he's like uh, uh, like a good surfboard in like the Ninja Turtles games or, or like the plane in Sonic 2 where you can't fall off of him.
3: I like that.
2: Oh, and yeah. at the beginning you get captured at the end of every level, but then at the beginning of the level it's like the tiger he destroyed his his cage. The tiger is out. See what I'm saying? Y- yes, it's like, that, it's saying. like that poem. I like okay, the poem. Let's,
1: let's a on. handful of dust.
2: Handful of dust?
1: It's a game where you can uh, put your enemies to sleep with your sleep dust. Okay. Yeah, Tommy. Did I just hear
2: you sneeze over there?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a cleaning simulator mm-hmm. <laughs> for people who love to clean.
2: Because I, I was just thinking, like, uh, like if this, if this, this title must really be affecting you. Uh, I, I really, You're right. I thought
3: that was a sneeze. Just the thought of it.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I guess a cleaning right. sim and put it in VR.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Our next game is Tea with Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: dating sim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. He writes itself. And yeah. then at the end, depending on what his third secret is, because it's a sequel to the third <laughs> secret, you decide whether you want to poison his tea or not. Oh, that's good. With a handful of dust.
3: The Shipping News.
2: That's the name of a movie? Yeah. The Shipping News? Mm-hmm. God, talk about a winner. <laughs> I'm going to run right out and watch The Shipping News.
1: <laughs> well, it's, 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 uh, it's Paperboy on the piers. That's what it Ooh, is. Ooh, Paperboy. Oh. Peerper Boy. Yeah. Uh,
2: ladies get their in their like own Papers, s-
1: please. <laughs> Mm-mm, it could be. Yeah, yeah. That could be part of it. Uh, it could be a
3: Paper Please-esque game uh, designed Paper by a location <laughs> Uh Peer, 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 Peer. Uh, ladies in Lavender.
2: There's this game on the DS called uh, Princess Debut, where mm-hmm. you are a princess and you have to decide what prince you will marry and you do a bunch of like dancing and stuff and and whether you like their dancing kind of depends on whether you decide to date them uh but i realize that that is sort of the reverse of what i would want here because it, it needs to be a lot of ladies in lavender not just one lady in lavender who's choosing dudes so uh oops
0: it's definitely some kind of makeover game mm. um it's just the character creation but that's the whole game Ooh.
2: Oh, yeah, that's actually... I keep wondering why there aren't more games that are just the character creator, because so many people, when they play, like, The Sims or whatever, they're just like, okay, I'm going to spend four hours creating my character and their house, and now I will never play this game again i
3: Pretty sure that was, like, 30% of the games on Newground. I yeah, but, too. I mean, w- w- we're in a world where someone put a
1: calculator on switch and it sold a bunch if you just put something on switch right now this is it folks you put something on switch right now that's just called character creator that's
3: all it does oh man yeah you're gonna make a a lot of money Mm -hmm. yeah
0: isn't that
3: basically yeah either go inside to greet the light it's like
2: uh Oh, man, I I had a bizarre thought that doesn't make any sense. But I was thinking, like, Castlevania, but you play Dracula in his last moments. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that doesn't go anywhere.
1: No, No, I I, I don't know what happened there.
2: Wow. That just came straight into my brain, though. I had this vision of Dracula, like, being drawn toward a sunbeam. I don't know what happened.
1: Repeat the title for us. Go Inside to Greet the Light. So this is this is uh, one of those walking simulators, but it's by people who have never like played a video game before and think they thought of everything. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It takes place in a in like a museum that's also your childhood home.
1: Yeah, and they're elevating the art form by doing things that people figured out in the eighties. Yeah,
3: that absolutely tracks. Uh, friend request pending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Judy Dash is in a
2: lot of movies. It turns yeah. Out. I wouldn't expect her to be in friend request pending. Um, okay, I think this is like uh, it's like a web game sort of clicker type thing where you uh, you have to um, request a bunch of people as, as friends, like AI people. But um, you you learn things about them and then you have to like uh, figure out what to do about that before the friend request goes through. I'm not all the way on this. Somebody help me out.
1: I don't know.
0: You have to decide whether or not to accept.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. want to be their friend. I or feel not. like this is getting too close to the. um, I realize in real life. I'm <laughs> swearing. <laughs> I'm swirling in the same territory as the three secrets again. Um, get three got three secrets. Got dating on the brain. sims on the brain. That's right, but they, some they just lend themselves too well to it.
3: Uh, your next game is Run for Your Wife. Okay, so it's it's cannibal.
2: Yeah. Um, but and- your wife is on your back because she. can't run and you have to okay yeah him. i
1: like that I like yeah. that yeah and you can you can um you can throw her up at
3: things um but you always catch her yeah that's good if she can yeah. catch items and hit enemies. yeah all right uh your last game is the second best exotic marigold hotel
2: that's a really good title
3: yeah
0: a hidden search game hidden item oh yeah
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's absolutely a hidden item game <laughs>
3: that's no question that is it uh, Okay, I am tallying up the points here, and Brandon, you are our winner this week. Congratulations.
1: Uh heck yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, this is the part of the show where we will recommend things for our listeners to engage in between episodes, and uh, to direct them to whatever projects we're interested in directing them to of our own making, if we are so inclined. Uh, so, go ahead and do that.
2: Nice. Oh, I had some things, because I watched a bunch of movies recently. I finally watched Happiness of the Katakuris. Um, I don't know how I didn't see that for the last 20 years, but you should watch that if you hadn't, because it's wild stuff. I think the problem was someone recommended it to me in 2001 when it came out as, like, one of those wacky Japanese movies, and that totally turned me off to it. But it's directed by Takashi Mike and it's a musical live-action claymation hybrid uh, with a little horror element in there. and it's legitimately funny. Especially if you can speak some Japanese, there's some pretty good dumb jokes in there. So I highly recommend that one. It's also got um, the singer of R.C. Succession in there, which is cool, playing a weird bad guy. And I'm going to halfway recommend this movie. Only watch it if you have a strong stomach. called Evil Dead Trap 2. Unfortunately, you're probably all going to want to watch it because it is directed by the writer of Akira the anime. Um, It has really interesting scenes. Uh, It has good music, but it also has a lot of gross stuff in it. And I don't know what the message is, (laughs) but it's a pretty (laughs) horrifying horror movie, but um, give it a look if you got a stomach for that. And my final recommendation is that the Oh Dear soundtrack is actually out on digital formats. Now you can buy it on Bandcamp. It's a very good soundtrack by MotoHiro Kawashima and um obviously it's a game that we worked on together and uh so now you can actually buy it i think all the he he printed like a dozen cds i think they're all sold out by now sorry but um yeah so you can listen to the whole thing without
3: having to play brandon's game that's
2: right you can get the best part without having to get to the worst part also you can't play the game anywhere so this is kind of the only way to interact <laughs> with it so those are my recs there you go
1: i'll give you a little update on uh what we've got going on on the at, at the video game history foundation um we just put up a giant uh, analysis where we've uh, forensically unearthed uh some development pieces from Earthbound um yeah so there was a floppy disk that was used during its localization that that we managed to recover deleted files off of and it it gives you a pretty cool uh look into how the game was uh developed and some cut features and stuff like that um so go on over to gamehistory.org and check that out and uh while you're there we have a sister podcast uh that i've talked about before the video game history our um recent guests we talked to an historian about how the esreb came about which is very cool we talked to the editor behind the crpg book and uh that's a really fascinating project that I think you would appreciate his conversation on Brandon because uh, he is trying really hard to expand that into places like China and Korea because no one talks about that stuff. So go check both them things out and uh, buy stuff from our shop. It all goes to our charity. Sounds good. Tommy. what you got?
0: Um, I have this gay drama that I actually recommended to Brandon a while back. <laughs> it's called Trick, and it's about this physics professor and this woman who is a magician And together, they try to catch scammers who are trying to, like, pass off various occurrences as, like, spiritual phenomena. And they just have, like, it's really, really funny. And he's always, like, making fun of her small boobs. And, like, his thing is that he has, like, a really big dick for some reason. Um, (laughs) It's really weird and uh, a little bit formulaic, but it's really funny. And then, um, I yeah, I just really want people to watch it because, like, I don't know anybody else who's seen this. I just want to talk to somebody about it. And the other one um, I'd recommend is Vincenzo on Netflix, which is a K-drama. And the premise is just incredible. It's about this Korean adoptee who um, grew up in the Italian mafia. And he comes back to Korea to fight an evil corporation um, through law because he's a lawyer.
3: I might watch uh, that. Check that out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I have a recommendation. I would like to recommend if you're listening to this before June 18th, we are having a watch along this Friday of the newly restored extended cut of the Super Mario Brothers movie at 6.30 p.m. Pacific or 9.30 p.m. Eastern. A film you can find for free on archive.org, and you can get all the details on that if you go to forums.insertcredit.com. Uh, I'd also like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform where you can subscribe to a review podcast, that you engage with us in that way to keep the algorithms pushing us upwards and forwards. You can also go to patreoncom insertcredit, where you could become a patron to submit your own questions. Get our regular episodes one day early one day early one day early, Brandon and even access monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive content uh, you can follow us on Twitter for our own personal updates and projects, the show is at insert credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe Frank is at Frank Cifaldi Brandon is at Necrosofty, and Dami is at Dami underscore Lee where you can talk to her about all kinds of K-dramas uh, the show is produced by Esper Quinn, with music by Kurt Feldman, once more I'm Alex Jaffe I'm Frank Sifaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield.
0: I'm Dolly Lee.
3: <laughs> and your game has now been saved. Game over, yeah! All right, I got to go pick up my laundry and do some other stuff. Uh, but okay. uh, thank you very much for joining us this week and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the insert credit comic. Oh yeah. yeah. We're going to
0: we're right. going to do the purse, person what is it? Purse comic.
3: Pur- purse owner <laughs> comic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.